My grandmother leaned over the railing of her upstairs apartment and yelled out, Aaron! I was in my bedroom, which was in the basement. The sound of her yelling my name from up there always made me freeze with fear. And I heard it a lot. Like pretty much every day of my young life. Aaron! She called out again. The image of her standing at that railing and yelling down to me felt in a way like I was trapped in some horrifying version of the Romeo and Juliet balcony scene, and my grandmother was Juliet. Yikes. I considered calling back to her with, But soft, what light through yonder window breaks? But instead I went with the even more classic, What? Are you ready? She crowed. I replied, Coming! My crisp new black Doc Martin squeaked as I hurried up the stairs. It was the first day of grade 9, and my grandmother had been left in charge of getting me to school. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, I was not the most popular kid in elementary school. Shock, I know. As such, I'd made the bold decision to pick a high school that not one of my previous classmates would be attending. That morning, for the first time, I had a twinge of regret. It might have been nice to see a familiar face, but I wanted the fresh start. I was determined that in high school, my standing would improve. And it all started today. After all of her impatient yelling, it was me who was waiting on her now, examining myself in the mirror in my school uniform. Looking dapper, feeling relatively adequate. I could hear her doing her slow shuffle down the stairs and yelled, Oh my god, why are you so old? Hurry up, I'm gonna be late! Just in case you were starting to think that the rudeness was only from my grandma to me. We headed to the car. She drove a silver SUV that was so big for her that she often joked, It's like a monster truck! I should drive it over cars and pedestrians to beat traffic! Alarming. She was already a terrible driver. It really didn't seem necessary for her to just start actively trying to be one. My grandmother drove me around a lot. This was long before Uber, but she was basically my own free geriatric version. As her most frequent passenger, my seat in my grandma's car was always adjusted just as I liked it. I'm pretty tall, so the seat needed to be pretty far back. My grandma, on the other hand, was short, like grandmas are. She sat with the driver's seat pulled all the way up, perched atop a cushion just to see over the wheel. My grandma got in the car as I locked the front door. As I walked toward the car, she rolled down her window, leaned her head out, and said, Are you really gonna wear that? It looks terrible! Um, it's a uniform. I have to wear it, I sheepishly responded as I slumped into the passenger seat. Well, it's your decision, but I don't think it looks very good on you at all, she replied. Again, I explained to her that it was not my decision, and that it was, in fact, a uniform. But she still seemed unconvinced somehow. 
I hadn't even gotten there yet, but my grandma was already my first high school bully. With that, my grandmother pulled out of the driveway, and we were off. When we pulled up in front, parents were dropping off their kids and saying goodbye and good luck for the first day. I took a final look at myself in the visor mirror, giving my hair a touch-up, and psyched myself up for the day, convincing myself it would be amazing. But I should have been paying more attention to my grandmother, who had now surveyed the surroundings and then very loudly proclaimed, Oh my god, it's like driving into another country! Of course, all of the windows of the car were down. There was nothing to contain her offensive assessment. Dying of embarrassment, I looked around quickly to see if anyone had heard. It didn't appear so. Oh, bullet dodged. I would talk to her about this later, I thought. Unacceptable. She'd almost ruined my chances for success at this new school with her racist commentary. I grabbed my stuff and tried to hustle out of the car before she could say anything else about my new classmates or my outfit, which she was now seeing on hundreds of other kids. But Grandma was quicker and said to me, Is everyone really wearing the same clothes as you? Why do yours look so lumpy? I slammed the door shut and straightened my clothes out as I walked up the front steps, trying to de-lump and telling myself, you can do this. You will make friends today. You will. I was ready. I was almost at the door of the school when I heard honking and reflexively turned just in time to see and hear my grandmother yell out, Aaron, be careful. Looks like a pretty mixed crowd. I was mortified. Again, I looked around to see if anyone had heard. Oh yeah, they sure had. Despite having just gotten out of her car, I pretended to not know her, and quickly and very loudly quipped, Can you believe that? to the teacher who was standing at the door greeting students. I scurried inside to find my homeroom. Thanks to my grandma, I was now shaken and far less ready to take on the world. In future, I thought, because God knows I was never going to take the bus, I'd have her drop me off up the street instead. Welcome to From Grandma with Shade, a podcast where I pay tribute to my outrageous and often problematic grandmother by sharing first and second-hand stories about her life. Although she would have loved the idea of a podcast about her, once I explained to her what a podcast was, she probably would not have really appreciated the stories that I've chosen to share with you. The stories are real, though they have been embellished over time in the way that happens when a story is told many times over many, many years. My grandmother offended me and the rest of my family a lot. She'd often say the most offensive things just to get a rise out of us. 
She was outrageous, and she knew it. She was also racist. No other way to say it. No need to sugarcoat it. I mean, she's dead. Her racist comments weren't an everyday occurrence, but she had a history of making them. Even worse was that she didn't think there was anything wrong with it at all. I went back and forth on whether or not to do an episode of the podcast on this topic. I certainly don't want to in any way glamorize my grandmother's offensive attitudes and words. I included this episode because I think it's important context. Yes, based on the previous episodes, you know I worshipped my grandmother. But that wasn't always the case. In fact, her views on race, culture, and ethnicity were a major area of contention between us, and the cause of a ton of conflict over the years. And not just with me, it caused conflict with pretty much everyone else in my family, too. I'm not going to use that whole, she's from a different generation line, either. It's no excuse. When I was young, I would often try to talk to my grandmother and correct her offensive and racist comments, genuinely believing that she would change if I just asked and explained. I was so confused when she didn't change as requested. I was growing up in Scarborough, which was and is this amazing mix of people from all parts of the world. How could you live around such a diverse mix of people and still think and say these terrible things? In my teen years, I took a far less calm approach and would just scream at her when she said something racist. But this didn't seem to motivate change in her either. Once I moved out in my 20s and got some distance, I realized that, like in every aspect of her life, there was no changing my grandmother. It didn't mean that I was okay with her comments, but I gave up on trying to change her behavior. After all, I didn't have to be around it that much anymore. And she wasn't leaving the house as much, so I was less worried about what she might say to others. While I may have been a frequent passenger, I certainly didn't like being in the car with her. If she'd been a real Uber, I'd have given her one star and only because I did always arrive at my destination alive. Shaken and usually offended, but alive. And alive feels like the absolute minimum standard. Not only did the trips feel unsafe due to her bad driving, but she also had a bit of a road rage problem too, occasionally with a racist tinge. Look, I told you from the beginning that she was problematic, and I meant it. When someone did something she didn't like on the road, she was quick to let them know. She was a very generous user of her car's horn. But that, that I could live with. What I couldn't live with, or potentially through, were the racial slurs that she would occasionally yell out the window at people who really did something she didn't like. It was indiscriminate discrimination, though. She usually had no clue what the person who defended her looked like. She just arbitrarily selected the slur and yelled it out the window. I'm not actually going to say any of those slurs, don't worry. I'm not going to let the cold, dead, racist hand of my grandmother reach out from the grave and get me cancelled. 
On the occasions that she yelled out the window at someone, I'd sink lower in my chair trying to hide and yelling at her to please stop. I knew that no one was going to get out of their car and aggressively confront an elderly woman perched atop a cushion to see over the wheel, but a teenage boy the size of a large adult man? Very possible. In her later years, I'd still often find myself in the passenger seat of my grandmother's car. Yep, I was still using that free geriatric Uber, as even in my 30s I was still an unlicensed non-driver. Her road rage had really calmed down over the years. She barely used the horn at all anymore, and the screaming of slurs? Well, that had also ceased. Her driving was still absolutely terrible, but perhaps her rating might now ascend to two stars, given the improved tone of the trips. Not only did my grandmother believe she was not at all racist, she actually often described herself as very progressive. This was nuts. She sometimes quite casually used the N-word and didn't believe herself to be racist. When I would call her out on her use of that word, she would tell me that I was being ridiculous and she was absolutely not racist against black people. She had three primary reasons that she felt proved her case. First, and this is the ultimate cliche really, my grandmother would always say that her best friend is black. I thought that was odd. To the best of my knowledge, I was her best friend. Plus, I couldn't imagine that any black person would actually want to be friends with my grandmother. Second, she would often tell me that when she had been a teacher in the 1940s in Detroit, her students told her, that's what they like to be called. I assured her she was remembering incorrectly, and that regardless of if she thought it was previously okay, it certainly wasn't now. And lastly, and she always put a lot of emphasis on the importance of this one, she couldn't possibly be racist against black people because her favorite movie was the Martin Lawrence classic, Big Mama's House. Adding that Marshall Lawrence is amazing in that movie. So, in summary, she couldn't have been racist against black people because she had a black BFF, potentially imaginary as I never met them, she was told she was allowed to say the n-word, apparently, by a child like 60 years ago, and perhaps most importantly, she loved the classic film of one Marshall Lawrence even though she didn't know his name. To her, this was rock-solid proof. One day, a couple years before my grandmother's passing, my dad went to the mailbox to get the mail. Bills, 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 he thought. Flipping through the envelopes, he found that he'd been right in his assumption. They were bills. There were telephone bills and automobiles, along with a bunch of junk mail. But buried in the pile were also two matching fancy envelopes. 
one addressed to him and my mom, and one addressed to my grandma. He came back inside and opened it. It was a lovely invitation to attend my cousin's wedding. He brought the other one upstairs to my grandmother along with her lunch. He left it on her dining table and alerted her to its arrival. A couple of days passed, and every time he'd been up there, which was a lot because he did everything for her, that fancy envelope was just sitting there, in the same spot, unopened. Finally, after about a week, he asked her about it. Was she planning to go? Did he need to start making travel arrangements? This wedding was happening in the mountains of British Columbia. Did he need to start figuring out logistics to get someone to the top of a mountain that could barely get to the top of the stairs? So you'd think that would have been the reason she gave when she said she wasn't going, but... Nope. After a long pause to consider her response, she said, Well, I can't go to that! I don't want to be a hypocrite! My dad was genuinely confused as to how attending her cherished granddaughter's wedding would result in such hypocrisy, and asked her what she meant. Because he's a Muslim, she responded. That was the thing about my grandmother's offensive comments. They weren't constant, and so when it happened, it could really catch you off guard. This comment definitely caught my dad off guard. This was certainly new. Now she had objections to people of different faiths? It couldn't have been that she felt so strongly about Christianity. Though she'd been a nun, she was certainly not a very devout Christian, mostly due to her very unchristian words and actions. I think in my entire life I saw my grandmother go to church less than ten times. And I certainly never heard her talking about God or the Bible. Was she joking? Was she just trying to get a rise out of him by saying something outrageous? Something she didn't even really mean? My dad took a very deep breath, steadied himself, and replied, So what if he is? Who cares? And by the way, he's actually not. He's half Sri Lankan and half British and his family isn't Muslim. I'm sure in this moment, he felt a teeny tiny bit victorious, like he'd gotten one up on her. But not for long. She snapped back, Ow, oh, so black then? Conversations like this with my grandmother felt like playing ping pong. She always had a retort. It was always bouncing back at you. My dad backhanded back, no, more like Indian. Her inexplicable reply? Even worse. It almost seemed like she'd decided she was going to have a problem with my cousin's future husband's faith-slash-ethnicity and would object no matter what my dad said. Did she really feel this way, or was it possible she was using this problematic reason as a cover for the fact that she wasn't physically able to attend? But that couldn't possibly be the case, right? I mean, who would prefer that people think of them as racist and Islamophobic rather than old? Though that does kind of sound like her usual twisted logic. Flabbergasted and full of feelings of futility, 
My dad threw his hands in the air, turned and headed back downstairs. All he could think as he did was that he hoped she'd be much nicer when she delivered the news that she'd not be attending to my cousin. Maybe she could just check no on that RSVP, send a gift, and keep her opinions to herself. Though that seemed highly unlikely. I don't know what that conversation with my cousin was like, but not even one person in my family tried to fight my grandmother on her decision or convince her to attend the wedding. The reason she wasn't going was universally deplored, but all that mattered was that she wasn't. In retrospect, though, it might have been a real missed opportunity to abandon her at the top of a mountain. Never to be seen or heard from again. Join me next week for a new tall tale of the old short woman I called Grandma. Next week on From Grandma with Shade, my grandma helps me conceal my many crimes when Grandma Covers. <laughs>